0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills from Afar. You with me, Tim Roger, my co-host Charlie. Charlie, how are you
1: doing? I'm a little bit tired, but I'm yep. great. I'm great. I've had a great couple of weeks um, in the US. Now back back in, on UK soil and uh, ready to do all this again in a few days. Um, it's been a crazy, crazy few days, but um, yeah, I'm in a fantastic mood.
0: <laughs> it's mm. fair to say that that Sunday was just incredible. Yeah, I uh, no surprises there, really. If anyone didn't check out, I do the last uh, few episodes, really, uh, over, over the last couple of weeks, Charlie's been out mainly for work reasons, but you tied that in, obviously, with uh, seeing the, the Bills play the Commanders and uh, the Dolphins uh, more recently, obviously. And, uh, yeah, so you, I, I was going to say, like, you couldn't have picked two better games really because a no. commander's game if we just quickly circle back just how dominant we were on defense and how many turnovers that we forced and how the Bills mafia traveled and then to you know how it all set up against the Dolphins with how they put 70 on the Broncos and you know unbeaten and you know coming into Orchard Park you know you couldn't really write it like I was going to ask you um I had a Uh, I thought about this a little bit. I was trying to think, like, obviously, my fandom, I kind of really started to follow the Bills in 2017. So I've only got, like, a a six-year sample size, really, of Bills games, Bills wins. But I was trying to think back and work out, you know, where does it stand in terms of Bills wins and how satisfied I have been about this win. Like, I think it's really hard to argue against this being probably the most enjoyable game the best performance um best result just everything kind of coming together like do you rank it the same i'm sure you do considering you were there and stuff i think it's the the eighth eighth game
1: i've seen in person yeah and by far and away the best most enjoyable game um Mm. it was i mean there there was just so many things to talk about which we'll get into but obviously the team played really really well both sides of the ball all three phases. Well. Yeah. All, yeah. Yeah. Special teams play really well. The atmosphere in the stadium was insane. Um, it's the loudest I'd ever heard. Um, certainly certainly compares with the start of the Thanksgiving game in, in New Orleans when, you know, the New Orleans stadium is loud because, it, because it's a dome, right? But we yeah. got quietened down quite quickly after the New Orleans kind of started to struggle. But start to finish, Bill's Mafia was so loud. Um, if I was just watching it back because you don't always... You can't always tell if it translates to TV, but it really translated to TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that Sean McDermott said it was like jet engines out there; it was the loudest he'd ever heard in all of his time, you know, working in the NFL. Which is, yeah, some compliment to Bills Mafia, honestly. But the the, 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 the you could tell it during the tailgate. You could tell it that Bills Mafia were really up for this. It was the wildest tailgate I've been to and seen uh, since following the Bills people were fired up. There was people jumping through tables. We saw the whole catch up and mustard thing. You know, Hammerslot was crazy. <laughs> it was just like bowling ball shots that worked. Like every, you could just tell that like people were fired up and even more so than I would say, like the playoff game we went to last year, it was just like, we were ready, you know, ready to take it on and Bill's mafia played his part. So yeah, he was right up there. I mean, I, I can't think of a more enjoyable game that I've watched.
0: Um, just start to finish was just insane and I think the weather might have had a factor as well just how glorious it looked from where I was sitting on my sofa like it just looked an amazing day as well like perfect weather conditions for for that type of game you know which was going to be an offensive heavy game and um yeah it kind of matched our expectations met our expect and usually that doesn't work does it like I kind of joked um with some friends you know, leading up to a week, I think I, I even joked to Mikey, he referenced earlier that, you know, it's going to be a shootout. And then mm. I say that now, because I have a terrible habit of jinx, jinxing things firstly. So I But it, I said but it that, looked oh, like yeah. it, didn't it? After the yeah, first oh, yeah, well. it looked like it. Yeah. The first five drives, touchdowns, you know, uh, it just carried on that pace, didn't it? Uh, most of that uh, first half until, uh, yeah, the Dolphins kind of uh, had some errors. So uh, just uh, so pleased for you, like to go be out there and see yeah. it like... Well, so I, jealous. <laughs> I'd like to extend that
1: So there was a few people from the, from the UK that were seeing. Yeah. I met up with at the, the tailgate who were seeing a game for the first time in person. I mean, what a what a first game to go to! And I know that more than one of them are already trying to see when they can go back. They were so taken with the experience. But it wasn't even just. I mean, this is about only the third time I've been to Buffalo, and I managed to. I, I get a better feel for a place the longer you're there. So, I did a bit of merch shopping. Um, of course, went to Bill's store, went to Buffalo store. We went for wings, went for uh, got I got some beef on Wec. Um, I stayed in Allentown and just spent the time like in the evenings in that area. So the, the whole weekend experience was full on Buffalo. And it was awesome. It was everything that you would want from a from a Buffalo trip. And on top of all of that, I had this really surprising um meeting with with somebody, you know, pretty important in in Bill's history. Um, so just a quick Quick recap: Tim's heard this story before, but I was on the plane from Chicago to to Buffalo, and I end up sitting next to this uh, lady who was taking her her children to the, the Bills game for the first time ever. Lived in Chicago, and uh, very excited. And we got talking about London Bills backers, and she was really astonished that we had like a community like this in the UK. And she took a copy of the picture, um, one of the pictures from the pub, you know, where, where everyone's kind of uh, congregating around. She said, "I want to send this to somebody that I know. I know would be really." fascinated to hear about this um and then at baggage claim i get a, a tap on the shoulder from this uh, from this older lady who um said excuse me i hear you're um from the uk i hear you're part of a bills backers group um in london um could you tell me more about that and so i started going into it and she had a copy of the picture that i'd sent to the other lady on the plane so this is really strange and then she said of course it all started with my uncle um my uncle's ralph wilson and I, I nearly fell over. And it turned out yeah. this was Mary Owen, one of the former executives of the Bills, who was there picking up her niece. The niece was the lady I was sat next to from the airport. And she was just blown away by the fact that we had a Bills-backer community in, in, in London. And I was like, wow, what, what, what's just happened? <laughs> How phenomenal. have I just met like, Ralph Wilson's niece in an airport? Mm-hmm. And she introduced herself to me. Um, just, just insane. So the, end, the whole weekend was just, just incredible.
0: Yeah. I feel like you're slowly making your way around. You know, you told us a story when you went to the Saints again, you brought it up, but for Thanksgiving you met Josh Allen's dad. Yeah. And, and Poyer's dad
1: list last weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just like it's just a very yeah. small it's just, even though it's such a big community, it's actually a really small community. And uh yeah, if you're prepared to put yourself out there, you will meet people, no no doubt. It's it just, just mind blowing to me.
0: Yeah, that that's that's a phenomenal story. It's that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. So If we just talk about this game then. So uh, I'll kind of save the takeaways uh, personally. I was just going to talk about more about the game itself, how it went. Like, I want your insight. Obviously, you were there, but, you know, as we said at the start, it was a shootout. Both teams were moving the ball well, touchdown on each of the first uh, five drives the score really changed in that second quarter. So just outside of 10 minutes left in the second quarter, it was 14 all, And then by the ta- by halftime, it was 31-14. So, um, you know, the Bills were re- really able to force the issue and kind of take control of that game uh, during the, the second quarter. Um, I don't know about you. I. It was one of these games that, you know, we, we talked about how how well the Bills performed, but there's going to be a lot of plays that I've forgotten about. Like, I watched the condensed mm. highlights and I, I was telling you this uh, yesterday that I was watching the condensed highlights at lunchtime and, you know, there's so many plays that, you know, um, on a normal day, you know, we'd consider them potentially plays of a game, but like...
2: There's so many.
0: Just, there are so <laughs> many, like, the, the Deontay Harty, third down conversion when he pretty much yep. fell over, didn't get touched, but he was still able to manoeuvre his way around and continue the drive. Um, but Dawson Knox, like stiff ham slash, rolling over the dude, almost <laughs> teabagging the guy. Yeah. Like, I don't know where you were on the field. Oh, the, like
1: the place went wild when that happened. Yeah. Um, there was, was also one early on the game where Josh hits digs on the on the left-hand side, and it was like, wow. Yeah, I watched it back, I'm like, wow, that was a really, really good play. Yeah, I think one of the things that struck me is that obviously we know what Josh's arm can do, yeah, but some of the wow factor came from just how effective Josh was in navigating the pocket and how he bought yeah. himself time, mm-hmm. and you know his good decision making. So it wasn't just the throw; it was the fact he he was such in such control. Mm-hmm. Um, it took took your breath away at times. It, it really did. I mean, the the list goes on. Like you say, you could probably name ten, fifteen plays yeah. that just went, that just blew your mind. And that's just an offense.
0: Mm. And I don't know about you, like, but for me, like when I watched. Um because I wasn't into the draft back then when we drafted Josh Allen, but I have watched some like Josh Allen, Wyoming highlights and kind of some games. And what kind of stood out to me with Josh is kind of his pocket presence and how he's able to navigate around the pocket. Uh, I've always felt like that's been a, a pretty good level. Clearly, that's only improved since he entered the NFL and he's got experience, more games under his belt. But I always felt like he's kind of got that in his repertoire. He kind of knows when to, you know, sometimes take a few steps back, like we saw in this game to kind of uh, you know, alleviate, give himself a bit more time in the pocket you know, step up like he does or scrambles, you know, which I just felt like, uh, as you said, you know, the poise he had, the control in the pocket and outside of the pocket. Like, when when you get this level of Josh, like, when he's winning in structure and outside of structure, it's like, you know, how do you stop that? He's unplayable. unplayable. He's absolutely unplayable.
1: Absolutely. And now we've married that with a running game and a defence, which is probably the best we've seen under McBean. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but just looking at the cold hard facts and watching these last three performances, when the Bills play like that, when Josh Allen plays that, like, I don't know who beats this team. Mm. Doesn't mean we're going win win the Super Bowl, but <laughs> yeah, who, who's better than this team? I mean, yeah. the only team I think that I've seen is is operating at a, a really, really high level is probably the 49ers. Yeah. Um yeah. that's but, the one that
0: comes to mind for me. Yeah. You
1: know, they, they play a similar, similar offensive scheme to to Miami. we've just seen what McDermott did to that. Um, yeah. If we, if we had to pick a quarterback, who are you going to pick the 49ers quarterback or the Bills quarterback? It's not a contest. So I don't know it, I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself. It is only four games. But honestly, yeah. if we can maintain this level, I don't know who beats this team. Uh, the, to me, this is the best Bills team I've, I've seen.
0: Mm. and as you said like we're not going to keep this up all season there's always bumps in the roads no matter but the best teams in the NFL we may get more injuries you just don't know yeah yeah yeah, exactly all kinds of things can happen and I was just going to say though you know the fact that we scored 48 points yet there was plenty of missed opportunities you look at the 12 Bernard hit pass which then became the Jalen um, Waddle catch the fumble that was recovered by the Dolphins I think um, Barrios recovered it in the second quarter Um, The field position that we got from Milano's fumble that um, Shakir nearly brought down, uh, that would have probably been, you know, maybe a couple of yards from there. He might have even scored a touchdown from that. But, you know, if he he was able to make that difficult catch, then, you know, 48 points. Yet there were still missed opportunities, which is, you know, just, just kind of echoes just how super impressive his performance is. And I just wanted to highlight, obviously, it's kind of bittersweet. Based on what happened to Tre'Davious White, like you in the stadium, I know you are kind of you were texting me, kind of, weren't you, for updates? You weren't really too sure, yeah, you know, from within the stadium. Well, firstly, I didn't know who it was. was. I didn't no. know
1: how serious it was. Obviously, the length of time implies it's serious. You saw some of the Miami players taking a knee, which I thought was very respectful. But you know, we've all got. Um, Damar Hamlin uh, PTSD, right? So whenever a player goes down and there was a few injuries, wasn't there? the way went down, Terrell Bernard went down Um, I think um, uh, Benford yeah, he also went off Um, so it felt like We've kind of had a bit of luck with injuries, but you
2: know, I was talking some other uh,
1: some other NFL friends over the over the weekend, and we were saying that you know every weekend there's a major NFL players going out with a serious season ending injury, and this this week it was it was Trey White. You know, I love Trey White. I've got his jersey. uh, You know, he's one of my absolute guys, and yeah, just devastating news. Um, All of that said, I think when from just from a playing um, angle. Yeah, I think if the Bills have a strength, it's the depth in the secondary in terms of safeties and cornerbacks. Yeah, and if there is a one place where we can just about cope with le- losing a top-tier elite player, it feels like that's going to be the place, and we can, I think, to the same thing, compensate given just how well this this offensive line is sorry, this defensive line is playing, and the fact we've got Von Miller to add to that mix. So I feel horrific for for Trey. Um, but I would actually be surprised if this causes a significant drop off in the, in the Bills' defensive performance, which I wouldn't have mm. said a year ago. Um, yeah, you know, Trey Wyatt was probably one of the most important players on that defense, and he still is. But I just yeah. think the scheme and the the, the capabilities now up front for this D line it it makes me less worried about us having trying to cope without uh, without him on the field.
0: Mm. It must be pretty demoralising for Tredavis White himself yeah, sure. and I'm sure his teammates as well. You think about, you know, how he um, had his ACL injury and that, Thanksgiving. I don't know, we, it feels like we've mentioned that three times now, that Thanksgiving game in 2021 against the Saints. But uh, here we are again mentioning it. But when he got that injury in 21, just for rehab, he went through, obviously kind of, um, you know, was open about his mental health struggles during that recovery last season. Then what happened to Hamlin, you know, and the fact is he's gone through training um, and I felt like the last couple of games that you were at, like these, you know, we were getting back to that point with Tredavious White. I felt like that he was getting back to that level, that peak Tredavious White level, yeah. Um. you know, with his amazing interception against the commanders. And yeah, it just it just absolutely sucks. Um. But I, I think you're right. You know, we've got a first round cornerback uh, only in the second year that's been inactive all season. So uh, I do feel pretty okay about, you know, as you say, if we've got to have an injury, uh cornerback's not a bad place to get it yeah. really, even though it's an important position. But the last one I wanted to get into before my main overarching takeaway, um, is just the uh, what what blew my mind during the um commentary about um Josh Allen. That was his twelfth consecutive game against the Dolphins where he's a two plus um Passing touchdowns against them. And that's the longest streak of that nature um, in the NFL of all, of all time, which I'm not surprised. That you know, we all know how Josh Allen has performed really well against the Dolphins over the years. But it was still like you know, just the fact that no one else has done that, and Josh has done it against the Dolphins the whole time he's been in the NFL is pretty pretty insane. Um, mm. But yeah, so takeaways, then. Um, what have you got as your? like Have you got any more? To be fair, uh, takeaways. Well, yeah, I, I just
1: want to mention the major points. I think in terms of yeah. the offensive side of the ball, I think we saw we saw more of what we've seen the last two games. Mm-hmm. which is leaning on the run more. Um, it's interesting because you think about this Miami team and what it has with A-Chain and, um, and what have you in, in the run game, uh, and Raheem Mostert. and you look at the rushing stats, you know, the Bills had 29 carries to Miami's 19. Josh had 25 passing attempts to Tua's 35. So um, I think that that's, uh, that's it's quite interesting that the Bills have lent on the run so much more and still put up, you know, that many points, 48 points. So I think this 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 is the the most balanced offense we've ever seen from the Bills without Josh yeah. having to contribute with his legs much. And the, the major takeaway for me is just how phenomenal these two linebackers are. Um, I think yeah. is even better. I think Terrell Bernard is blowing my mind every week with what he's able to do. And I sort of listened to a bit of, Coverage from people who, you know, got to get the X's and O's a little bit better than me. And one of the things they were saying is that they were using Milano and Benford really in coverage. Because we talked about, you know, when they drop drop players, I think McDermott uh, had something like 20, 25 percent of um uh, of snaps he was he was blitzing on. But the major takeaway of what this defense did is it dropped those two linebackers into coverage. Uh, and they were almost saying to to Miami, "Go on ahead, try and run the ball because we need get you. we'll get we'll get you in coverage. but the the fact that this defensive line is so good at stopping the run meant that, we could do that and that forced tour off his first read. I just thought it was really, really smart defensive uh, play design and really, really smart players. I think Milan and Bernard are clearly really bright guys. And this is helping us compensate from you know not having Poyer on the field. So to me, this is the real difference this year. And it's not one that probably either of us expected. Um, but it's really exciting because I think this is the best defense we've seen under McBean. And um I don't I don't I don't know how you stop him. It's incredible.
0: So, but one thing for me, my, it's like an overarching takeaway, this one, because you can apply this to all of the position groups really, but you know, and I know you've said this before and I totally agree, but you know, when we faced the Tennessee Titans in recent years with Derek Henry, Taylor Lewan, and you know, you look at their rosters and they've never been that great on paper, but they always seem to kind of beat us up and out-physical us and, you know. I feel like that's what the Bills has moulded to, but a better version of that. So obviously a completely different, you know, quarterback and roster, but just the fact that, you know, this Bills team, it feels like, you know, they're controlling both sides um, of the line of scrimmage. They're just so much more physical. Like this is the most physical Bills team that I've seen in, in my time watching them. Just like how they're pursuing, um you know, in, in the run and rush game, uh, the front seven on defence, have a D-liner getting after it in the run defence and rushing. Um, he doesn't, you, you mentioned Matt, Matt Milano, you know, he doesn't have a cap, a C on his chest. But there's no question in my mind, like how Matt Milano plays, like he's the captain of that defence. Like it's unbelievable. Like we always felt like, you know, that, oh, he's hit his ceiling now. He's an all pro. But somehow, some way he's like, taken that to another level. And yeah, I, I think you know him and Fred Warner. Like everyone talks about Fred Warner, you know. But I see Matt Milano as the best linebacker in the game at the moment. Um, and Terrell Bernard, I, I just can't believe, like you know, how we have been talking about him, and it, it's not been his fault. You know, it's more about his where he was drafted and not seeing that path, but just kind of how he's really announced himself on the scene. And then on offense, like you mentioned about it, um, you know, the the, the fact that we've got more of a reliable, you know. Um, rushing attack, but just the fact that it's a reliable run power game. Like, we could actually trust um, Damien Harris and and Latavius Murray in those um, short situations, you know, where we just have to get a couple of yards to convert. Like, you think of you know since McDermott's taken over, Mike Tolbert, Chris Ivory, Frank Gores, Zach Mosses. Like, we've always tried to get these kind of power backs in the building and they've never worked. So, I'm just, it's such a nice wrinkle to have. You're not relying on Josh to, you know, fight for those couple of yards and, you know, push the pocket for a fourth and one conversion. We can actually, it's just another, you know, weapon in our arsenal having a power run game. And then just for O-line itself, like you're not hearing about these guys and that's a testament to them playing well, you know, you are not. we're not hearing about Conor McGovern. Um, um, Osiris Torrance I just wanted to say like could he be a candidate for the Pro Bowl this year because I just watch him and he's got such a strong base and he just doesn't get pushed back he gives he works well with Spencer Brown by the looks of it that right side of the offensive line like we all thought it's a question because you had a rookie even though like I did and I know you did as well have a high level confidence in, uh Osiris Torrance but so I've got a
1: stat for you on Torrance he now ranks okay. 12th out of 54 qualifying guards by PFF uh, interestingly, McGovern uh, ranks nineteenth. Both are tied for the fourteenth yeah. fewest pressures with five.
0: Doesn't so, surprise me. Um, you yeah. can see on film. You watch it, yeah. and I keep an eye out on so- Torrance especially. And yeah, you know, he just doesn't give up anything. Like he- he's so strong. Like he just doesn't concede any space. Like you just don't get pressure from him really. So I mean, um, and you can
1: tell yeah. that that Josh is navigating the pocket. Just how much more confident he is around the guys around him.
2: Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean,
1: he's not bailing out. He's, he's, he's navigating through the pocket to the left to the right it's really incredible to watch um mm-hmm. and it just shows to show how much more trust he has in them now since compared to what he had in week one when you know he's bailing quite a bit uh, against the jets now obviously that yeah. just uh, defense is better than anything else we've played since but still it, it really does inspire a lot of confidence um, I'm impressed I think like you like say Spencer Brown step, stepped up he's improving yeah week on week. really yeah I mean I watched him trying to watch as much of the game back as I could and I watched him a lot and he wasn't getting pushed around the same as he was before um, it was uh, it was impressive now he's still not a top end right tackle but he's he's competent yeah. he's, he's he's good enough and, and that's all that's we're looking it. for
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, just going from that level of incompetency to competency, you know, that, that that's enough in the right yeah. direction, isn't it, to yeah. allow this offence to thrive? Yeah. Um, have you got any more? Shall we go to awards? No, let's go to awards. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. So, game MVP. Uh, for, for a lot of these awards, there's going to be many contenders, so <laughs> it's going to be tricky. Uh, who have you gone for for game MVP? Yeah,
1: I'd go for Josh Allen. I just thought he played yeah. an impeccable game. Um, 21 for 25, quarterback perfect quarterback rating, no interceptions, 320 yards. Uh, he didn't have to run. I thought he was really smart with his decision-making, with his ball placement. Um, I thought it was just a perfect game from Josh Allen. He looks so calm. We we In the stadium, we were saying, like, at the first drive, he looks so calm. You know, you can just tell when he's zoned in. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I thought Dix was outstanding. I thought Matt Milano was outstanding. <laughs> yeah. The rest goes on, but I think it, it, we win that game because of Josh Allen.
0: I've done the same thing I've gone for Josh. And I was going to say exactly that, you know, the fact that Diggs had, what, six catches, 120 yeah. yards, three touchdowns. He drew that long, um, like, what was it, 44-yard um, pass interference pen- penalty on Kohu, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, You know, the fact that he put up that stat line and played that well, yeah, he's still not game MVP. That just shows you, doesn't it? Um, Yes, I, I can only echo your thoughts, you know, and what we've already said about Josh before. Like, you said it was uh, pretty much a perfect game you know, he's unstoppable in this form. And, uh, you know, hopefully we see that uh, Josh uh, have a weekend when we've seen both live in person. So we'll come on to that game in a minute, but uh, what about offensive and defensive plays? Where have you gone for? These, these, are, so hard. I know. <laughs> these are so
1: hard. I've gone a bit uh, rogue with offensive play of the game because I thought, yeah. what, what is it we saw that we haven't, we don't normally see. I think all the other splash plays are things we know the Bills can do, but, I thought as a tone setter that uh, that Dawson Knox stiff arm where he, he yeah. mulls that guy out to the left hand side early on in the game. I think it was our second drive, um, yeah. and. I just thought the whole crowd went up. You know, we remember we in Dawson Knox's first season when he did that against the Bengals. Yeah. And it just creates the vibe, like the bills are up for this and the crowd are up for that. And then it just creates a momentum. So although it wasn't, you know, I think it was for a first down. I think it wasn't the touchdown play. There was a lot of great throws, but that was the one that sort of just set the tone for the rest of the day. And I had to, I had to, I had to pick it out.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. So when Uh, I went back to, for me, offensive play, um, when I went back and watched the condensed highlights. I knew this was a good play, like when I watched it live, but I didn't really truly appreciate it until I watched those condensed highlights. And that's Josh's first touchdown for to Gabe Davis. Mm. It was more about just how he set that up. So how he, it's not that he'd just done the pump fake to the flat, it was about his body position as well. And he was angled towards that running back, who was James Cook, I think it was. But how he was able to quickly rotate his hips and quickly release it to him. Like it, he completely set that, you know, touchdown pass up, like just his body position. And I thought it was a phenomenal bit of like, yeah, just uh Disguise really Like he did disguise it. I think he knew in his mind That he was going to try And hit Gabriel Davis On that pass But it was just sublime Just Just how he It was magical It really was magical How he was able to Kind of adjust his body And create that separation like, he'd done that himself really Like it was Almost all on him like, Obviously Gable Davis Had to make that catch And you know Run that route But I just thought How he set that up Was was pretty phenomenal As you said There's so many contenders It's really tricky to pick one, but for me, that that was my offensive play. What about defensive play for you? Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of candidates as well for this.
1: Yeah. I really struggle with it. I'm going to go, I was tempted to go with a high pick, but I'm going to go for the Matt Milano uh, when he, he knocked the ball out. I think it was towards the end of the first half because just the timing yeah. of that was a real kick in the teeth for Miami. You know, if if, yeah. if they got another score at that point, it sort of changes the game a little bit. They would have had the ball coming out of the second half. Uh, but I saw the tone, Yeah, you know, we got, we got the ball back, uh, went down the other field end, and I think we, we scored a field goal, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah. Correct. He was just yeah, a, yeah. a really good tone setter. And uh, it was, you know, Bernard was right behind him as well, the two of them working in tandem. Just big, big plays from those two linebackers every single week. It's, uh, it's just awesome to watch.
0: Yeah. No, I've gone for the same play. So obviously, the fact that Matt Milano was able to make that play and, you know, um, hit that ball, it, it wasn't just for that for me. It was more about just how many Bills were in pursuit and how many were in the backfield to then gather that um, fumble up like obviously to Bernard. Ard there's there's three of them like kind of in that vicinity behind the offensive line so it was just kind of a team effort the fact that we talked about it how aggressive they are and just how quickly they're getting up the field um, you know that, that was just a proper team takeaway in my mind because yeah Matt Milani made the play but they were swarming all over him, you know, it would have been a tackle for loss, um, you know, because he would have had some help behind it, but I just thought it was a great team play. And uh, yeah, just, just amazing. Um, Unsung hero for you. I had a list of about five. (laughs) Just just,
1: so, so many. So hard. Um, I mean, I thought Saran Neal had a great day on special teams. Definitely. Um, I thought, you know, we talked about um, Osiris Torrance. Um, I thought, I'm gonna go with Latavius Murray because you know this guy had four carries, yeah. uh, 32 yards, a long of 29, average of eight per carry. He also had um, he had 22 yards re- re- reception. Um, I just think he's a real asset for this team. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of buzz about us um, having Damian Harris, but he's getting outplayed right now by Latavius Murray. And mm. um, what is he? 32, 33, something like that. 33. Yeah. Incredible, incredible performance. And he, he's, he's just really added that extra dimension to this, this game. And the fact he can catch out of the backfield and he can uh, yeah, uh, get those long chunk chunk gains, which is not necessarily what you'd be thinking about Murray, really, because he's a slightly sort of bigger, bigger body guy. It was a quieter game for James Cook, and uh, and, and Murray really stepped in. So I'm going to go for him. He has <laughs> a lot of pop. But I mean, the list goes on. Um, I, I thought there were so many uh, really good performances. Um,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, he just seems to be consistent, doesn't he? he? Always seems to. It's just the control that he has. His running style, uh, and he's bigger guy. It just he's. You can tell he's so experienced. He's thirty three year, three years old. He's he's played on six different teams. He's always been productive wherever he's gone. I just kind of wish we had him like two or three years younger because, yeah. you know, just based on what we have seen so far and how valuable he's been to Bill. Singer, I'd, I'd, it, it, even if he keeps us up, I'd be inclined to give him a, like a one-year extension, kind of like a Carmelo Anthony kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> just one year in the NBA, just keep, just keep going, keep going, and be that what comp- we have you know, exactly.
1: That, I, I do want to put a little honourable mention in for Dane Jackson, who I thought played well and yeah, it, as it good. Took, child. took a lot of um, a lot of flack last year. Yeah, but I think he's improved, and I don't know if it's the scheme or whatever. But you know, he had a couple of good plays against Tariq Hill. Yeah, um, and given the fact we we didn't have Trevarius White on the field, it was it was important that he stepped up, and he did. And uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to give him a little bit of a bit of pop because, yeah, he, he certainly it looks like he's um yeah stepped up a little bit. Yeah,
0: for me, I've just come for Ken Dorsey. Um mm. I just thought yeah. he was on my list he, too. <laughs> yeah, there's so many candidates, isn't yeah. there? Like, I just thought. The game script kind of how he was able to um you know scheme up certain matchups like the whole digs versus koku you know there was a clear mismatch there and mm. they found ways of like leveraging that you know motioning him out to the wide so they couldn't you know make any uh any adaptions you know any any changes uh before the snap pre-snap changes or anything like that um I just thought, you know, what he's doing at the moment, you know, it's not only, I feel like there is an evolution in, you know, his play calling, play design. Uh, And when you've got that, Plus kind of the improvements, these small little incremental improvements everywhere else. Like we talked about the run game, O-line kind of, it's just because it's just a masterpiece, you know, really like you can't look at anywhere and think, oh, that's a clear weakness. You know, we've got no clear weaknesses on offense right now. You know, it's just, it's just all, all in synergy and just, just wonderful to watch. What's your surprise of a game? Ooh. um, Yeah. Okay. So
1: I'm going to simply say that it went far better than I thought it was going to. <laughs> and it's really about the defense. It's not something that we haven't really said, but all the stuff that we yeah. said, this is what the Bills team is going to have to do to to get stops against Miami. I thought they might get one or two stops, but I didn't think they'd shut them down like they did in the second half um, so effectively. But you know, we talked about the fact, um, you know, get their hands up. You know, we saw knockdowns, um, took take away the middle of the field. We saw that with the way that they position their linebackers, get to off his first read, we saw that repeatedly throughout the game, and, and you know, to his performance dropped dramatically. So it's the fact that um there's a difference between hope and, and knowing what you should do, and then being able to go and execute. And I thought the Bills defense executed everything that we knew that they would have to do to be able to control this Miami offense and did it you know in in stellar, uh in, in a stellar way. So before the game, we were talking to people at the tailgate. Everyone's saying, this could be anything. You know, It could go either way. It could be really tight. You know, There's so many different scenarios you could see play out. But the Bills just played impeccably, and they executed on that game plan. It's all very easy to say, but doing it is another matter. And that was my surprise. They controlled mm-hmm. it and kept them to 20 points. I just thought nobody saw that coming.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, my surprise was just how soft uh, Dolphins' defense has been. And I know that you know, in the first three weeks, you know, it's not exactly like being dominant or anything like that. Um, But I just thought that with their defensive front that has given us problems mm. um, in recent years, especially last year, I just expected more than two sacks and three quarterback hits. And I think both of those sacks were kind of a little bit more on Josh, like he was trying to make a play. You know, he wasn't doing anything dangerous. It wasn't like no. he was running behind and, you know, it was an 11, 12 yard loss or anything like that. But, you know, I, um, I just, yeah, it was just a really soft defensive effort from the Dolphins. They didn't really put any pressure on. I know I've got a new de- defensive coordinator who apparently with Vic Fangio, like when we faced these kind of defenses, Josh kind of has a field day. So it's pretty exciting to know that, you know, I'm sure when we base them in week 18, they're going to be better. You know, they'll have Jalen Ramsey back and they, they're going to have more, you know, time in that system. But I just thought just how soft they were. I just yeah. wasn't quite expecting that.
1: So I was talking to our, uh, um, our friend Andy, um,
0: yeah,
1: who, um, well, yeah, you know, he's a he's a big big Dolphins fan, and I was talking to him about, well, how's this? What are we expecting now? Yeah, you know, have have the Bills shown a way to go and beat Miami? Can other teams copy this formula? And I'm a bit skeptical whether that's the case or not. Um, I just yeah, I'm just not sure whether other teams have the scheme and the experience and the the iterations against this Miami team to replicate what we what we saw. Because if they have, the Dolphins might be in a bit of trouble. Um I still think they're gonna win plenty of games, but um my 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 best guess is that the, the Dolphins team are gonna win plenty of games and they're gonna push us all the way to the AFC East. Um and that week 18 game still might be critical um, mm. it's gonna be fascinating to see how it plays out um but if they if they have shown that something that others can replicate and it's easy yep. it's, it's easy to say it's not easy to do then yep. it's going to be really interesting to see um how they pivot because uh, i'm not sure they've got a plan b um yeah and we did see last year when when teams start to realize if we can jam their receivers at the uh, at the um uh, the line of scrimmage, we can get Rutura a little bit in delay uh on off his first read, then we can get let's get at them and be just I'm just really interested to see if this can replicate it. So mm. yeah.
0: Definitely. What about the Rex? <laughs> So I uh
1: usually it? well, not really. We usually use the Rex as a sort of a funny thing, right? It's sort of a you know, it's a joke. This is the award for for incompetence and, and or you know, sort of failure. And I'm gonna give it to Tradavius White achilles you know um oh, just, no. it's, yeah <laughs> it's just uh i just can't believe that he's out again for the season um yeah. you know I, this is the second time i've seen him in i'll hold my hands up i'm the, the bad luck charm here i saw him in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in uh, New Orleans. That. yeah yeah so it's twice i've seen him go down um for the season and um it's just a real shame for somebody who works so hard it's an absolute life in the soul of this team for, for his body to let him down and um yeah, he doesn't deserve it. He really doesn't.
0: Yeah. For me, I've gone for a Dolphins player. I've gone for Kahu. I already talked about it, so I won't talk about it too much. More. It's not like, you know, I've, I don't, again, it's a Dolphins player. I don't feel sorry for the guy. It's not his fault, though, like that performance, because he was undrafted only last year. He had a good season as a nickel corner. He's, it's clear, though, that he's not an outside corner and he shouldn't mm. be matched up to dig. So it's not his fault. But for me, he was the Rex because, yeah, he put up what, well, I don't know if all the catches that Diggs had were against him in coverage. But like, you know, just he did let a lot of big plays up against Diggs and um, obviously uh, the uh, pass interference as well, which we talked about. So, uh, yeah. Betts then, were you able to? I was not and it no, probably saved a me a, few,
1: a bit of money as well because I would have put money on uh, yes. Josh Allen's rushing yards which uh, obviously the only thing you'll rush for 17. So yeah I wasn't able to. Uh, the Western New York uh, laws seem to stifle my ability to bet with my British betting app. So yes I didn't put any money down on anything. Um Did you?
0: <laughs> yes obviously I was able to. Um I texted you before the game and I was like the only one I could see as a surefire was Diggs getting six and a half receptions. Uh, he had a bloody great game, but he only had six catches. So um, I lost that and I, did, I think I won one small one. but Overall, it was a loss again. So uh, the last couple of weeks, you know, it's been good from the Bills standpoint, but not for my betting. So I need to do better um, starting this weekend, which gets us into this London game. It's finally here. We're finally at week five now. And um, you were saying before, the uh, podcast that you know well, wait, 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 We we need to. Oh, I keep forgetting about <laughs> this. I'm so sorry, Phil. This is unbelievable as well. I listened to this only a couple of days ago, and yeah, I need we ha- to. We have to hear Scottish Phil's
1: analysis. And uh, I listened to this, and uh, I, was, I was in the, the parking lot on the way uh, right from the game, and I played just the whole car, and uh, <laughs> we were crying, man. We were mm. crying. So, uh, yeah, let's hear yeah. Scottish Phil's take on the Bills' domination of the uh,
2: Miami Dolphins. Hey, what's that, Flipper? There's a problem down in Florida? Tell me more! Hey. Miami won the Super Bowl in week three. It turns out they're They've been humped by the Buffalo Bills. But I, But aren't Buffalo I mean, they lost to the Jets in week one. That's right, folks. Get it right up them. Week four. Super we Bowl start warning work the first three weeks, man. Oh, that's a performance, that, wasn't it? Uh, right from the bang, Josh Allen, incredible tonight. Fantastic decisions. Uh, Steph Diggs just uh, had a laugh didn't he just scored and got touchdowns for fun left right and centre uh, Gabe Davis was brilliant Ugh, everyone was brilliant the defender side of the ball again it's just absolutely insane I mean that's literally the best offence we're probably going to come up against at this part of the season uh, maybe for the whole season I mean the Miami were so much fun to watch at the start until we started figuring them out incredible work I um, absolutely love the McDermott defence It's so much more aggressive than anything that we've seen recently um, the, only solid, the only kind of downturn in the night was the injuries really wasn't it um, uh, Benford uh, shoulder hopefully it's nothing too serious uh, I've not seen the reports yet Trey White looks like his Achilles or stroke calf uh, still waiting to hear how that looks but you know that's, it's not grand um, Other than that though Incredible, get to it, Your end of story, uh, dolphins. You're just f- n- naked enough. End of story. AFC East belongs to Buffalo. So, Flipper, <coughs> f- off your chicken wing, me some blue cheese on it, and get a grip of yourself.
1: So, there we go. I mean, I did not expect <laughs> to be hearing Flipper imitations,
0: uh, but I'm all here for it. <laughs> I have to admit, like. I wasn't too sure straight away what that was, what was going on. Second, yeah, like <laughs> I couldn't like I, I just couldn't work out what that noise was. Like I couldn't like add the two together. I had to it was the second time he'd done it. I was like, Okay, now that, that makes sense. But uh yeah, unbelievable stuff. That yeah. did make give me a good laugh. Incredible, incredible.
1: So, yeah, so let's move on to this uh this Jags game.
0: Yeah, so as I was saying, like, you know, you you were talking to me before a podcast, you're getting a lot of um uh, requests to do interviews with a lot of Buffalo TV and radio and that kind of stuff. Obviously, the first question we ask is how are we watching the game? We both know how we're watching it, but like your plan specifically, like what, what does your whole weekend look like? Um, just Just walk us through that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be um pretty busy few days, really. So um, I'll get down to the pub on Thursday just to help with preparing everything. We've got three days of the pub booked out for Bill's Mafia. Uh, then I'll be there early on Friday morning. Um, and uh, we have the Shout podcast coming to the Fitzrovia Bell in the evening. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, then on the Saturday, I am running a walking tour for 50 members of Bill's Mafia, which is going to be great. The weather's looking fantastic. So we're going to go from, um, from the South bank near, uh, near London bridge. Um, sorry, it's near tower bridge, sorry. Um, it's all the way up to the Fitzrovia bell. So, uh, I was sold out immediately. Uh, I couldn't believe how popular it was, but, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, five or six different pubs to visit as we, uh, we, we circle through London. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and then we've got obviously the game on um, on Sunday, where hopefully you and I can catch up uh, at least beforehand. Yeah,
0: yeah, so, no, that's that's awesome.
1: And after that, I'll go back to the pub again and watch um watch whatever games are going. So we've got a party happening on Saturday night at the pub. DJ Joey Horn, is who those people who go to Bills Mafia tailgates in the US will um will recognise he's going to be DJing. Um, we've got um Kristen Kimick coming, and the Bills Mafia babes are going to be there. Um, yeah, it's going to be going to be a lot of fun. I'm just really excited. There's a lot of people who you know good friends who I don't get to see very often who are bills fans who I've met over the last few years are going to be there so yeah it's, it's just it's just incredibly exciting i can't wait to uh, to get started but i've got one more day of work to get through <laughs> and then i can <laughs> uh, i can start taking it easy and uh, and start to enjoy and embrace what's uh, what's coming so yeah a lot of fun
0: and who knows? I know that there'd been inquiries before, but there could be, you know, some, you know, Bill's royalty again, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, we know. We've... Yeah.
1: We've got our feels out. <laughs> Hopeful that maybe one or two uh, famous faces might turn up, but we'll see. It's always tricky with these folks. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, but we'll see. We've, we have press coming. Um, I know I'm, I'm doing an interview with... Um, channel seven on Saturday morning with a couple of uh, British bills fans Um, did one again while I was in Buffalo Uh, there's a whole heap of media and press coming over. I don't know. It feels completely different level to the last time the bills came and maybe it's just because I'm more connected to the sort of bills in the UK scene, but it seems like this has all just gone up a huge amount. And uh, the whole profile of this in Western New York, in London is is ten times what it was last time the bills came. Um, maybe
2: yeah. it's because
1: you know we're a super Bowl contender. We've got Josh Allen. The I think it's all of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I it's guess all so. those factors. But um, it, it feels like a, a big proper event, and I'm excited. Um, bills Mafia in in the Heathrow Airport this morning. Um, yeah. lots of people flying over. You know, we sat at the seats in, in, in the stadium and uh, the guys next to us were coming over for the game as well. You know, uh, it just it's just incredibly exciting to, to mm-hmm. hear and see so many people coming over from West New York and many of them experiencing London for the first time. So, yeah, great stuff.
0: Awesome. Good stuff. So let's start talking about this game. So what I tend to do is always talk about the injury news and weather conditions. So firstly, the weather it looks like it's going to be an awesome weekend in London. So 24 degrees, full sunshine all weekend. That's 75 degrees Fahrenheit. I forgot to add that. But yeah, it's going to be a really good weekend. Perfect conditions. Um, so that's great. It's hard to know, obviously, we're recording this Tuesday, um, what the injury report's going to look like. But we know, obviously, travis White's out all season. Um, we saw Christian Bedford coming in and out of a game. So I, I assume he'll be playing because he did come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like Dawson Knox also came out of a game at one point. But I don't know. I, that, that could have been... Me kind of just missing a point on TV. I don't know. Um, but for the Jags, um, Zay Jones didn't play against who did they play the uh, Falcons, obviously. Um, so our old boy Zay Jones, he, he might not play, uh, and then they've got um, Agnew, who Jamal Agnew, the returner, He's a really good returner actually. He, he's um suffering at the moment, and Devin Lloyd, their middle linebacker. So they're not as overly exactly overly banged up, Beaver. So um, should be pretty two pretty strong teams. So when you look at the Jaguars' strengths and weaknesses, how do you think they match up versus the Bills? Like, where would you point to as, like, their strengths? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, they've transformed the team in recent
1: years. I think um, Calvin Ridley's a really good acquisition for them. I think he's their main threat on the outside. I think Christine Kurtz is a very solid slot receiver. Are they better than what we've played so far this year? I don't think so. Um but those are their, their main strengths in offense. I think on defense, I think you know the other Josh Allen, um is you know he's a threat. Uh, on the defensive line. Um, But their defense isn't up to that much. I mean, I've got really good friends of mine who are Jags fans and they are terrified we're going to rip them to pieces. Um, Mm. They don't believe they're playing especially well. I know they obviously won comfortably against the Falcons, but I I think it's a team on the rise. I think any team with Trevor Lawrence is going to be dangerous. I think it's a team we absolutely have to give full respect for, Um, you know, we remember that last time we played the Jags, what was it? A nine-six game where it was like five oh, field goals. Yep yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that came out of the blue. I think it was bad weather if I remember, but it was a really ugly game and they dragged us into the in, into the into the rough stuff. Um, yeah. I think we're much better placed to deal with that, but I mean it's a completely new coaching staff yeah. since then. So um I don't think you can count the Jags out. I think that Trevor oh, Lawrence, yeah. Calvin Ridley, they they can do you damage. Mm. But I don't if the Bills play as they have been playing. I don't see the Jags beating us. Uh, you know, They have some good players and some talented players, but they're not a complete team yet.
0: And I, I think this defence can be got at for sure. Yeah, if you remember back to that, that was Urban Myers. Was it only winners with Jaguars head coach? Um, mm-hmm. But in that game, um, one improvement that we've got straight away is the fact that Cody Ford's nowhere near this team anymore. We were a couple of years removed from him. And if you remember that game, he had... <laughs> I think it was double digit pressures. I think it was 12 pressures he gave up in the guard position. So he had a terrible game. Uh, he never really recovered from that moment. And uh, yeah, um, well, I'll echo kind of some of what you said in terms of that. So I think, uh, they've well, Calvin Ridley's the nearest thing that they've got to wide receiver one. I think he's kind of, if he is considered one, he's a very low Wide receiver one, top end wide wide receiver two level, but it's kind of the other guys have got as well, like Christian Kirk, Jose Jones, Evan Ingram's. Like these aren't household names, but they just play so well annoying. as a unit. And Doug Peterson has shown like his kind of play calling stripes and his like offensive. I would say it's genius, but like he, it feels like he's able to get like optimize kind of the weapons he's got and you know the passing game. And Trevor Lawrence is definitely. Um, you know, you've definitely seen improvement. He's definitely been more comfortable since Doug Peterson um, came as part of that. Um, one of the guys part of like their, their, you know, passing game, who's a running back is Travis Etienne. Like I remember um, we went to the Broncos Jags game mm. last year, didn't we? Yep. Uh, we yep. did sit together, but I remember uh, Travis Etienne, um, he, he had a wonderful game, a uh, hundred plus yard game. And, uh, you know, seeing his speed uh, in the flesh was really impressive. I like the fact they've got that, you know, great blend of speed and power. He brings for speed and you've got Tank Bixby as well, um, who's a power. So you can't like discount them in the running game as well. I think, um, you know, their strengths really do lie on offense. The one kind of strength I, I, I saw from their defense was their run defense because they play like, um, you know, a three-man front. They're mm-hmm. pretty stout in their run defense. You've got uh, Fatih um Trayvon Walker, who isn't a good Pass rusher yet, but he's a pretty good run defender. Josh Allen, those guys kind of are pretty stout up front, and they've they've got that, um eighth best or the eighth least um, rushes uh, rushing yards against them. So I think they're pretty stout run defense. Um, what about weaknesses? Like, were you able to? watched the game. Obviously, it was like what half nine in the morning. You're probably tailgating. You did to, not see so any of it. <laughs> you probably saw none of it. No, that's fine. Yeah, Have you watched any it back it. at all? No, I've not,
1: not seen any uh, of it. I just uh, ch- chatted enough. to my friends and they said uh, yeah, d- obviously, decent performance by the Jags, but I think there's still... Nothing good. special. No, yeah. No, exactly. just like, competent. And obviously, that Falcons... Offense is somewhat of a unique one, isn't it? If you can stop their run, then that pretty much does it. Does it for them? You know, nothing yes. special at quarterback. So, I think they're going to be mm-hmm. running into a whole different prospect against the Bills. Let me ask yeah. you a question, though. Does there's a lot of debate about this whole? Jags have been here for a week already. They played yeah. a game here. They're adjusted to the time zone. The Bills are not flying here till I think Thursday. Yeah. Um, I guess it's an overnight flight, which um, surprises me a little bit. But. Um, mm it seems to be more of a trend that the teams are coming at the last minute and trying not to get too acclimatised and essentially they're just playing yeah. early. How much do you see that factors into to performance? Um
0: put a bit, a bit of fuss about it. Uh I don't think it plays a massive factor in it. I, I feel, well, I'm sure there's some science behind this and there's some data and stuff, but I feel like it would make more sense to, to me to come, like, at the earliest opportunity, not, not, not Monday or anything stupid like that. You know, they need to rest their bodies and recover, but yeah. And this, where the sports science comes into it, but I would have thought Tuesday evening, you could, you know, would be a better time to fly than because I think they're going to practice Thursday and then fly out the Thursday. So Mm. I don't know what they expect to do for Friday. If it's just walkthroughs, I'd imagine that's all it's going to be maybe a proper practice on Saturday. I've got no clue what it's going to look like, but from my angle, like, I think that they should be coming, you know, a day or two earlier. But uh, I've got no real feel for it. I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference. Like, do do you have any? Um, do you disagree with that? No, do I, 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 I don't know. I, do? I
1: think that what I suspect is there's an awful lot of information shared between NFL teams on things like this, like what what tends to work better. And it seems like there's been a growing trend of of teams. Doing this, um, you know, coming at the last minute and not getting too acclimatized, and that seemingly worked quite well. Remember, the bills don't have a have a buy afterwards, so you know, if you've come here, then you've got to get reacclimatized back to <laughs> um, back to the US. I mean, personally speaking, if I'm doing a short trip to the US, I, I try not to get too acclimatized. If I find it's, um, it works better. You know, what they might be doing is they might be getting up early all of this week. So they're actually sort of adjusting a little bit. Yeah, they're doing it in the US and might be practicing. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine, you know, McDermott's such a stickler for details. They'll probably be practicing early. They'll probably be, you know, shifting their schedule whilst they're in the US to one that's more... Um, yeah acclimatized mm. to the UK what we'll do is we'll retweet out the interview we had with Dom from the If The Walls Can Talk podcast uh, for any of you yeah, wants to understand really a little bit about the um, um, about how teams acclimatize and what that looks like the you logistics
0: it, behind it I just yeah. it blew my mind to be honest like obviously you think of you know the 53 man roster you've got practice squad guys and then just like all the other staff and personnel mm. it's probably like I don't know how many big over like 150 people mate 150 it's, it's, it and then a lot. families yeah. and oh yeah. As an
1: aside, I did run into uh, to Josh from the "If the Walls Can Talk" podcast while I was in, mm-hmm. in Buffalo. Really great guy. Tailgating because, with him yeah. and his family for a while. It was really a pleasure to meet with him and uh, get to know him a little bit better. And um, so, yeah, shout out to to that podcast. If you're not used to um, listening to it, I'd highly recommend it. I think it covers different elements of of, of the Buffalo sports scene that perhaps uh, you wouldn't hear from other places. So yeah,
0: well worth mm-hmm. a listen. Yeah. Shall I just cover off some weaknesses before yeah, we get into the keys? So, for so weaknesses for me, I watched the game. Obviously, I was I was a lot better position than you. were to watch the, the Falcons-Jags. And I watched the Jags against the Chiefs as well um, in preparation for this. But the O-line for me, I think there's opportunities to be had. There's not really, outside of Brandon Scherf, but like he's, I don't know, 30-something years old now. He's not what he was at the, when he was at the Redskins uh, slash commanders. But they've had... Um, The 13th uh, highest pressures on Trevor Lawrence, despite the lowest blitz rate, one of the lowest blitz rate, which kind of is a testament to how much, you know, people respect Trevor Lawrence as well. Like teams aren't really blitzing him. So it'll be interesting to see if the Bills do that um, a little bit more than what they have themselves. And pass rush as well. You kind of look at that. Josh Allen is a, a very good pass rusher, but ninth lowest sacks in the league. They have a high amount of pressures though. So, you know, they can, you know, make the quarterback feel uncomfortable, but they don't really convert on them. It used to be kind of a Bills thing. Um, over the last like couple of years, you get high pressures, but not really the, the sack production with that. And the missed tackles, which was always like a McDermott thing for years. Uh, and it still mm. kind of plagues us sometimes, but they've got the seventh highest uh, missed tackle rate. Uh, so they're not far off the top there. So they're kind of things like earmarked. When you look at, you know, this game, kind of what do you see as the keys to winning it? I think Bills are just going to execute uh, and be be, be
1: be be Buffalo, you know, be be this team that we've seen this last three weeks. I don't think we actually have to do anything special. I think this defense is going to get multiple stops against uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, as long as it plays in a sort of competent way and we we execute this, this this McDermott much more aggressive game plan. Would you say than than we expect we're used to with Leslie Frazier? Um, you know, much more effective um, uh, defensive line and it seems like we send pressure a little bit more often. I think. Honestly, we said it earlier. If Josh plays like this, where we lean on the run game and we, we wait for the safeties to to bite and the linebackers to come in and hit him over the top, I don't know. I don't know how anybody defends against that. I just think we've got too many ways to damage teams. So to me, it's all about being what we are. I don't think this is one of those situations where we need to be particularly looking to exploit any particular matchup. So this is this is this is a just gonna execute the Buffalo identity and we should be okay. Yeah. Um I think it's tricky to sort of pick a score. I'm quite tempted to sort of go quite aggressive with the Bills um, in terms of our score prediction, but it's mostly because I've just watched them for two weeks in a row when they've ripped two teams to pieces um, who were otherwise unbeaten. And I, I feel like if the Bills are in any, any way that kind of form, they're going to do the same to the Jags. Uh, I think they're better than the Commanders and not as good as Miami. So, I don't know, 34 21 something like that and how
0: do you how do you feel it's gonna go yeah so um i don't know if you just covered the the, the favorites um i'm sorry the, the 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 um handicap what the spread is but um the bills are five and a half point favorites i've gone for just with the bills winning by a field goal like that's probably gonna come bite me but i'd rather be cautious because i know at some point you know we're not gonna play to this level we've seen over the last couple of years, we will all back maybe a little bit. Um, I'm still confident we're going to win it. I still think that, you know, I think we're going to do a better job than what teams have done against the Jaguars of getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think that, you know, we could unsettle him. I think that, especially our offense against the defense, I think that's a real mismatch. Um, the Jaguars didn't really add anyone in the offseason. Um, to, to that defensive side of all, especially secondary, like I look at it and Tyson Campbell's kind of turned into a, a pretty good cornerback, but outside of their safety tandem, um, haven't played that great. So I feel like there's opportunities there in a the passing game. So I think we'll win, but I think for Jaguars will make it pretty competitive. And, um, you know, I don't, we can't discount them. We can't just, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they they won their division. It was the AFC South last season. And, you know, they, they came back from, against the Chargers. It's the charges, and they always charge her. But, you know, I, I do have respect for them and especially their offense. I think that, you know, they have the ability to score points, but this defense is playing so well that I wouldn't be surprised if we see another kind of suffocation job and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised ultimately if we kind of do beat them by three touchdowns. I don't want to be cocky or anything, but I would rather kind of wave on the side of caution, mm. you know, respect the opposition. I think the Jaguars are a good team, but um not as good as us, so that's yeah. what I've gone for. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um any particular bets? Um, not particularly. Um I haven't looked at the markets think... at all yet. What's the what's the over under? Do you know what the uh oh. I think when I looked yesterday, I was like, there's even a 47 and a half, 48 and a half. It was, it was in that ballpark. Right. So, And the Bills are favourites by how many? We, five and a half. Five and so a half. So I think i would be more inclined against take hit, the
1: points. Hit, I think i hit, hit the over on, the, uh, on that, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Points is a tricky one because I, I get the feeling that, I mean, I, I don't expect the Bills to be in Miami Dolphins form. I think they are so hyped. It's obviously a home home game. I think the Bills Mafia had an impact as well in terms of uh, you know, causing some problems for Miami. So it's, it's not going to be that kind of raucous atmosphere, though. I think there'll be plenty of Bills fans in the stadium. So I, th- I don't think the Bills are going to be putting 48 points up again. I'd love it if they were, but um, yeah, I think uh, I'd be tempted to uh, certainly take the over on the, um, yeah, the, the points. Yeah. Hmm yeah tricky I don't, I, don't, I don't see a particular game plan obvious game plan i think we'll, digs will get his i think we'll 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 lean on yeah. the running game again i think we'll see a very similar game plan to what we saw against washington
0: and miami cool good stuff great anything else we need to talk about today no either visa i feel like i don't know how long this has been now uh, but i felt like we spent a lot of the time just gushing about that flown by Dolphins performance it's flown by yeah <laughs> it has truly yeah. has
1: uh, I spent all my day talking about the Bills. Oh, one quick thing. On my flight home, I sat down and uh, I had a, a Bills uh, t-shirt on. And uh, I sat next to this English guy and we got chatting and it turns out he was a Jets fan. and uh, Yeah, he quite quickly put his headphones on and zoned out. I don't think he wanted to hear <laughs> too much more from me. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. I love that when that happens, when we're yeah. like, just just in the UK and you always kind of see a Dolphins, well, or always, but like you do sometimes see a Dolphins or Jets fan and you're able to jets is a bit harder i suppose but like you know <laughs> it, i'm always polite
1: but i can't help yeah. myself we yeah, uh, was yeah. outside of the uh commander's stadium um some some commander's fans that probably the five that were there asked me if i'd take a picture and um so i said of course absolutely took the camera got them lined up and said all right everybody say go bills and uh, <laughs> <they>
0: were,
1: <laughs> I didn't find out as amusing as I did, but I uh, no, yeah. you know, can't hold myself. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thanks ever so much for joining uh, the podcast this week. Uh, yeah, big week for uh, for us on this side of the Atlantic in Bill's world. Um, yeah, can't wait to to see the guys again. Hopefully another big performance from them. Um, if you're going to the game, please enjoy it. If you're going to one of the many events that are across the city, uh, you know, enjoy meeting up with other members of Bill's Mafia. It's a wonderful group of people. Um, I'm sure you'll find new friends along the way. Um, I certainly can't wait for it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, please do so. We are far on Twitter, far at gmail.com on email. Uh, until next time,
0: go Bills. Go Bills.